God is actively, decisively working at the cross. At the cross, we see his purpose to bring everyone from all nations at all times to himself. Apart from the cross, there is no way to understand life. There is no way to enjoy life the way God intends. The cross is a mystery as much as it's the practical centerpiece of the gospel. The gospel has always existed. The gospel did not just exist when Christ came to earth, but the gospel has always been been there, been with us. The gospel, the person and work of Jesus Christ, was in eternity past. The gospel will be in eternity future, and we will worship him, the gospel, the person and work of Christ. But the hypostatic union tells us that the gospel was 100% God and 100% man, and there was a starting point of the gospel when the human, when Christ, born as a man, came to earth. He was born in a stable. He lived a life of 30-plus years, and then he died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, and he ascended, and that encapsulates the work of the gospel here on earth. The cross is one of those prominent points of the human Christ, Christ as humanity. It stands tall in our lives. It's not the only thing because we don't want to, uh, we don't want to marginalize the resurrection, and his birth is, is important as well. But, but when you pull the gospel, when you stretch it like a rubber band, whether you're talking about the gospel in eternity past, eternity future, or these pieces in the gospel's work on earth, when you stretch it out like that, one of the prominent points of the gospel is the cross. And so the question that I want to ask you today is, how well are you living in the presence of the cross? How does the cross define your life today? You see, when you talk about the resurrection, you know, we show up on Easter Sunday at our local church meetings, and we wear our our new Easter clothes, and we wear our flowers, and there's a smile on our faces. Friday before that, perhaps you you gather on Good Friday, and it's a whole different a whole different vibe. It's a different tone. And so depending on where you focus on the gospel, whether eternity past, eternity future, or these pieces in between Christ as the man on earth, it has a different feel to it and a different reality and something that you do want to explore. I always say that you want to live a gospel-centered life because it encapsulates all of the gospel, the totality of the gospel, but there is room to say be to be cross-centered as long as you don't disassociate that from these other beautiful aspects and necessities of the gospel. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 when when Paul said that he wanted to learn how to rely on God who raises the dead when he talked about the most excruciating time of his life where he taught, where he connected that to the gospel was the resurrection aspect of the gospel. And so there's times when you want to think about the resurrection. But in this podcast, I want to talk about this aspect. I want to talk about the cross. And so I'm asking the question, how well are you living in the presence of the cross? How does the cross define your life today? Because when you talk about the cross, 
You're probably not wearing flowers in your best Easter dress or Easter suit. It has another it has another vibe. It has a smell, an aroma, an aroma of death. And you, you you begin to hear the these voices, one voice in particular, Christ's voice, at different times throughout the Gospels, the four Gospels, where he is telling us to take up our cross. Is it, a di- it is a different kind of life, and it's the hard part of our religion without question. And I'm bringing this up today because, as I've said in the past, we, the people who come to us, for the most part, I'm, virtually all of them are struggling. And then all the ones that are struggling are struggling to varying degrees, and some of them are struggling in intense and disappointing ways. And it's hard for them. It's hard for you. It's hard for me. It is hard for us to be able to take our lives and to mirror it to the cross and and somehow resolve the riddle, the mystery. I, I want a better life. I don't like how my life is is going, and now you're leading me to the cross. How is that the solution to my problems? Well, that's why I titled the podcast this way. And the article that I'm sharing with you, the title of the podcast is The The Ultimate Solution to All Your Problems, A Cross-Examination. If you want to read this podcast, you can. Like all of our Your Daily Drive podcasts, you can read them word for word on our website, the website title is, or the URL is rickthomas.net, and I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. There are several people that have come to our website or community forums over the past couple of weeks, and, and their burden is quite heavy, and I've thought about them, I've prayed about them, I've reflected upon them, and, and I understand, I do understand uh, what it's like to go through disappointment and frustration. And I understand the complicatedness of the request when you erect a, a cross in front of me and, and you're saying that that is the portal to my freedom. You remember all the people who were standing before the cross. I'll go through that list in, in just a moment. A few of them, there were five types of people, perhaps you can think of more, but at least five types of people that were standing before the cross that day. And they had different responses. And so as you stand before the cross in your mind, just imagine what is your response. Are you living in the presence of the cross? How does the cross define your life today? I want to begin by a prayer. Dear Father, help me not to be like the soldiers that day who were playing at the foot of the cross. Help me not to be like the passers-by who were too busy to understand the cross, help me not to be like the priest who thought they understood the cross and therefore or thereby missed the point of the cross. Help me not to be like the prisoners who died beside the cross. They lost the purpose of the death of the Savior. Here's the five people types that I mentioned. The soldiers... I have a job to do, and and what he is doing, what Christ is doing, is not part of my plans. Are you like the soldier? You have a job to do, and you're busy doing your job, even in the shadow of the cross. And as you look up to him, well, he's not the direction you want to go. He's not a part of your plans. You are close to religion, but 
religion has not captured your heart. Christianity has not captured your heart. There, there, there are the soldiers. And then the passers-by, they may say, I'm, I'm too distracted, and I'm too preoccupied with life. Many of you do live that frenetic pace. Even while sheltering in place, your life is too distracted. We can be sheltering in place, not going anywhere, just hanging out at the house for a month at the time, at a time, and can fill our minds up with so many distractions that preoccupy our lives, and we just become passers-by, even under the shadow of the cross. We don't want to be preoccupied like the soldiers who have other plans that don't include Christianity. We don't be, want to be like the passers-by who are so busy, frenetically distracted by the cares of this world. And then there are the priests, the ones, I, I love my religion, not his. Mine is lucrative, his is deathly. I talked about that earlier. There is that aroma of death to the cross, and, and there is a religion out there. There's a religion that's more preferable than Christianity, and I, I totally understand. I'm not saying I agree with the decision that you are making, but I understand why you are making that making that decision, and I have to be honest. Uh, I have thought about that decision myself, especially when, when the pain level and the frustration and the disappointment becomes acute. It is real easy to think there's got to be another way. His way is deathly. The priest, religious but not really following Christ. And then there are the prisoners. I'm bound by my sin. I either don't care about what he is offering, or I'm not sure he can help me. And being addicted to whatever the sin is, it well, it happens to all of us. We all have our own addiction. There's a little bit of narcissism that lives in all of us, and we are bound by habits that we wished we could take away, even if it's the, the mild sin of gossip or, or criticizing or other sins of the heart that we can somehow justify ourselves because we're not doing the more heinous sins uh, the prisoners on the cross. You can be the one who rejected Christ, or you, you can be the one who moves toward him, believing that he can help. And then the friends, and there were all kinds of friends. They all loved him, but the cross rattled them into unbelief. Even one of them said, I, I am going fishing. I'm walking away from this. And so we have the soldiers, the passers-by, the priests, the prisoners, and the friends. Now, we know that many of those friends came back. And you've had your difficult time. You've had your challenges that have come to your life. You have become wayward, if minimally, only in your heart. But you have, you have come back. And I trust that you fit in category number five, that you are a friend, that he has called you a friend now, and you do, do love him. But you still find yourself rattled because no matter how long you've been with him and how much he has trained you, uh, you can become rattled. As you stand there looking at life going in a totally opposite direction than what you expected, as you can put, try to put yourself in the mind of Peter at this moment.
I want to talk about the practical cross, and I want to give you a lot of practical information in the remainder of this podcast, but I want to do it in light of of John 3.16. You know this passage well, but you can't really understand the cross unless you weave the cross into uh, this passage in John 3.16. You know the verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Next sentence. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Next sentence. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. That's John 3, 16 through 18. And just before that, John was talking about Moses who lifted up the serpent in the wilderness as we as he's pointing back to Numbers 21 with the brazen serpent on the pole. They were all dying. Everybody was dying from the biting of the fiery serpent. And they took this bronze, they made a serpent out of bronze, which is a, a picture of judgment, the brazen altar and the tabernacle in the wilderness and in the temple later on in Kings. But Moses took and made a bronze serpent and put it on pole and lifted it up. And he said in John 3, even as, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And then he rolls right into, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Some of the people hanging out at the cross that day, they said things like this, save yourself, come down from the cross. Well, the response for that is he can't come down from the cross because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to you. Others said he saved others. He cannot save himself. Response, of course he can't because his father so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to you. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The father says, I have forsaken you at this moment because I so love the world that I'm giving you my one and only son to them. Another said, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Elijah will not come. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to you. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. It had to be this way. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to you. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Can't you see how much the father so loved the world by giving of his one and only son to you? Let me ask you a couple of questions. As you, as you listen to these scenes and these quotes from the cross, if no one fully understood what was going on that day, which is true, no one fully understood what was going on that day except for Christ. Could it be that I also don't fully understand the cross? 
And so my question is, examine yourself. How thoroughly does the cross of Christ influence you today? And so I'm taking the gospel and I'm stretching it out like a, a rubber, rubber band from eternity past to eternity future. And I'm pinpointing just, just one point on the map. It, it, it is a tree. It's Adam's tree. It's, it's, it's erected on Golgotha's hill. And I want you to think specifically of that. All of these people misunderstood it. They all had different reactions to it. They weren't influenced properly by it. How thoroughly does the cross of Christ influence you today? The realities of the cross have not fully impacted me the way that they should. And so the question that you can have, I mean, what do, what do you need to do? What do I need to do? Perhaps I need to talk to someone about this because I'm not sure how to practically apply the cross to my life. I was talking to a master or a soon-to-be mastermind student yesterday, last night. He's coming into our program, and one of the things that we talked about is how hard it is to practically apply the Bible to our lives. We love our Bible studies because we can just gain all this wonderful knowledge, and I'm not kicking it. I'm really not. We can exegete, and we can get these learn this Greek language and these Greek words, and we can parse it out, and, and we can just have wonderful knowledge. And as I told him, when you go through our mastermind program, if you were to study something like God's sovereignty, the test question will not be define sovereignty. No, that's not the question that we ask you. We'll ask you this instead, because every, everybody, you'll read sovereignty, you'll study it, and you'll answer the question. That's easy. No, what we'll ask you is uh, take the doctrine of sovereignty and write out a case study of how you would help someone going through depression using only this teaching about sovereignty. The reason we do that is because we want to teach them how to practicalize the gospel, not just gain knowledge to grow your treasure trove, the golden nuggets from God's Word, which are great. But how do you take it from the classroom to the living room in a very real-world scenario? And so we don't ask you the questions that every school will ask you to find sovereignty. No, we move past that. How do you practicalize it in your life? And that's why I say perhaps you need to talk to someone about this because I'm not sure how to practically apply the cross to my life. Don't feel bad about that. Don't beat yourself up about that. Our students, this is the most frustrating part of our program, of our mastermind program. I did a homework assignment for a student today, and that is exactly what she said. She said, people come to me and they, they ask, uh, they, they, I'm, she, I'll say it this way. She didn't say it exactly this way, but she's inviting She's an inviting person. God has given her a gift. And people come to her, and they talk to her, and they, they share things. They confide in her. And she can give them Bible answers, and she can give them theoretical ideas. But she said, she said, I have a hard time customizing the Bible to the unique person that is sitting before me. And every other student has a similar, a similar response. It, it's not that easy, and that's why... We will default to our Bible studies because they are easy. gaining knowledge is easy. Practicalizing knowledge is another ball game. When you see the cross, along with the people around the cross, 
Will maybe you can ask some? Will you help me to understand the cross? Maybe you can go at it this way: Which person or people group around the cross best represents you? Are you more like the soldiers? You have a job to do, and you're doing the job, and Christ is not part of your plans. Are you part of the passers-by? You're too distracted or preoccupied with life. You're the priest. You you have your religion, and his is deathly, and don't like that. You're the prisoners, so you have a couple of options here. You're bi- Both are bound to their sin. One rejects Christ. One accepts Christ. Do you want to be free? If any, if any person is caught in a transgression, there is a, a restoration that can happen to you, or are you part of the friends? You love him, but yet sometimes you become rattled by what is going on in your life. Here's a couple of prayers that may be helpful, and again, all of these are written inside this article here. If you want to read the title of the particle, the title of the article in the podcast, that's how you say podcast and article at the same time. It's a particle. But the title of it is The Ultimate Solution to All of Your Problems, A Cross Examination. Here's three quick prayers that may help you. Dear Father, help me to live as defined by the cross. Center me on your son's work on the cross in fresh ways. And dear, dear Lord, what is one specific way that I can do this? Another prayer, dear Father, help me to understand the cross that I may experience the realities of the gospel in practical ways. And then another, dear Father, remind me of the cross today. Teach me how to preach your gospel to myself each day. Father, what do I need to do to make this my habit? Jesus tells us to take up our cross, which is our daily responsibility. And there is a smell of death when we look toward that hill, but his path to death is the portal to an abundant life. To lose our lives is to gain a more profound peace and a more firm foundation. It's not a social religion like the priest in that day. No, what Jesus is doing is a call to war. Many of our readers and viewers and listeners, those who come to our website that make up our community, they feel the intensity of the battlefield. They perceive, some of them perceive, they are losing the war. The nature of the battle, the nature of the enemy is to, is to break, to discourage you first. And if they can break you down, begin to break you down and discourage you first, then they will begin to demoralize you. This is the process. You will experience a discouragement. Maybe that discouragement will be small, but it can grow incrementally, exponentially, and if that discouragement, if it sets in to your mind, if it begins to, to set up a stronghold into your mind, it will start to take you captive. And before long, it will demoralize you until the enemy breaks your will. The hope of Christ will seem so faint in your mind. You will move outside the shadow of the cross. You will move, move farther down the hill and away from Jesus. You, you may go fishing Walk away altogether. And when hope is gone, the war is over, at least for that day. 
And you have to understand, and they did come to understand that there is a resurrection. There can be a restoration for you as well. All hope is never gone, not in this life. There is always hope. Rather than giving up by choosing a different path, will you reach out to someone? Let them hold on to you because you have little desire to cling to them. Now I'm talking to a specific group of people. You just, you're apathetic, maybe. You're lethargic, maybe. You don't want to do it, maybe. Then let them hold on to you, but you do have to reach out. Make that call today. You're discouraged. You're despondent, maybe depressed, disappointed in some way by what has been going on in your life. Here's some things, some very practical things that I, that, that I trust will help you. One, if you're too distracted to read something, perhaps listening will serve you better. I've been in that place to where I just couldn't focus. My mind was all over the place, and reading is a more active discipline than listening. I mean, there should be active listening, but when you can't be active in your reading, maybe listening, which is also a passive exercise, maybe you can just listen to something and let the words, let the teaching just roll over you. And you might not be actively listening, but your your head is somewhat in the game. You're in, you're in the hood. You're somewhere on the hill near the cross. And we have more than 1,200 podcasts that you can listen to. Almost all of them, not all, but almost all of them are 30, 30 minutes in length. We're talking 600 hours. I would imagine there's at least 500 hours of podcasts that you can listen to. You can listen to the Life Over Coffee podcast. That's our other network. I have a link here. This podcast, Your Daily Drive, the best way to find them, the easiest way to find them is is go to our article page. If the article is there, if I wrote the article, there's a podcast there, and you can listen to it. And so maybe audio learning will help you because you're too distracted to read. If you're able to read, you may want to peruse our enormous topical index linked right here. You could read for months if you wanted to. I'm, I'm just trying to give you ideas to help you to keep your head, your heart in the game, to hang on. You may also enjoy our books. There are three books, paperback books, uh, in our store. They're linked here. You can order them directly from Amazon, and they will land on your on your doorstep. If you do, if you can do audio, you can do reading. You, you can also do watching if you rather watch something. We recently set up, or, or we, we've been working on our YouTube channel. We have over 130 videos there. We have 250 altogether, and so we're adding videos regularly to our YouTube channel. There's a link here, and you can go out there and you can watch. It's more of a passive exercise as well. We are closed captioning them as fast as we can so that you can read if you want to and not listening. So you can you can listen audio. You can read our resources. You can watch our resources. And the fourth one is you can talk. You can talk to us on our community forums. It would be a joy to to meet you. All everything that I've I've shared here, they're free to you. The books you have to purchase, but everything else is free to you. We don't want anything from you other than to serve you. Don't give, don't give up. 
Here's one more idea that, that may be a benefit for you. I, I would appeal to you to do this. Perhaps you study the cross from the four Gospels. It will help you. You can do a search about the cross in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can spend time reading, one, reflecting, two, praying, three, through those passages. Now, here's an exercise for you if you're, you're up to it. You can read a verse or a passage, and here are five steps. Here are five things that you could do. The process that I'm going to share with you is exactly what we ask our mastermind students to do. It is, it is the process for a lot of their training. The first thing we ask them to do is to write out a verse, or sometimes they read a book. We ask them to write out a quote. But in this instance, we I, I would ask you to write out a verse from the four Gospels about the cross. Write it out just as it is written. Number two, briefly explain what you believe the writer meant. What do you think the writer meant? Number three, make it practical, a practical personal application about you. Be specific, be brief, be practical. Ask the Father to help you to apply the passage to you. Number four, pray, thanking God for the insight that he gave you. And number five, share. Share what you have written out with a close friend. And so one, write out the verse. Two, what do you believe the author meant? Number three, make it personal and practical to you. Four, thank God for the insight. Five, share it with a friend. I also have a link here to the Valley of Vision. The Valley of Vision is a Puritan classic. It, it Short pages, short poems, short journal entries. It is an excellent read. I have a link here that will take you to Amazon, and you, you can get it. And also, I have a lot of embedded links inside this article, and so you can check out all of those embedded links. The point is, we want to help you. We want to serve you the best way that we can. And so if you are struggling, life is just not going the way that you want, maybe it's time for a cross-examination. The title of the podcast, The Ultimate Solution to All of Your Problems, A Cross-Examination. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.